did we just watch, Amy? We just watched The Power of the Dog. Just been nominated for a bunch of things. Ten Oscars. Really? Because this said 12. Maybe 12. It's been nominated for some Oscars. It, it was a record number of Oscar nominations for a film directed by a woman. Mm-hmm. And she's up for Best Director. She is. So, the end. Yep. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. I I think there is a lot to talk Uh, about. (laughs) It's adapted from a novel, Uh and it's about a ranch in Montana. And And we're going to spoil the heck out of it. We're going to spoil the heck out of it. It's still new, so if you don't want... There there are spoilers. Yes. There are spoilers. We will spoil them. Uh, These are our very first impressions. We just finished watching it, and Mm -hmm. we know... Very little, besides that it got... that's a cat at the door. Oh, you win. Uh, You were closer. I was closer. He guessed it would be five minutes until she scratched at the door. Here she comes. She's here for her podcast debut. It's not a debut. She's been on, like, every episode. Yeah, for this this episode's debut. Gotcha. Uh, Yeah, so it's our first reactions. We just finished. We don't have a lot of research behind... Anything we say, nope. um, we could change our minds within the hour yeah. or week or Who year. Uh, we could be wrong. We probably are. <laughs> We're probably usually wrong a few times. Yeah. Uh, so it's adapted from a novel. It's about two brothers who are running a wealthy ranch. A wealthy ranch. They in are rich. Montana. And uh, one bro- brother is... Um, Jesse Plemons. Yeah. <laughs> one's the nice one and one's the mean one. Yeah. Except the mean Those... one is really well respected by all of the ranch hands yes. and, and everything. He's not mean to them, per se. Yeah. And I think the nice and the mean one is, is an oversimplification. It is. <laughs> it is. You got the blonde one and the brunette one. How about yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one who takes baths and the one who doesn't take baths. Yeah. He goes in the river. Yeah. He goes in the river. Like the other cow folk. Yeah. Um, and the blonde one gets married. Early uh, on. Early on. Film, to Kirsten Dunst. And interesting fact, they're married in real life. I did not know that. They live in Austin. Neat. They have a couple of kids. Well, I really like Jesse Plemons. I've liked him since back on his... Uh, Friday Night Lights Day. I was going to ask if you. Oh, I have knew. followed Jesse Plemons' career. Oh, he really? was on Friday Night Lights. He was in the later seasons of Breaking Bad. I like Jesse Plemons. Oh, okay. I got mad, mildly mad, um, in the later seasons of Breaking Bad when he was a regular character. His nickname by the fandom was Meth Damon because he kind of looks like Matt Damon and he was oh. making meth. Mm. And I always was disappointed in that, because I'm like, no, that's Jesse Plemons. <laughs> he good actor. <laughs> He's not just a Matt Damon lookalike. So, yes, I know who Jesse Plemons is. I'm impressed. Kevin's usually not good at this game. No, I'm not. But, no, I definitely know who he is, along with Benedict Cumberbatch. And now I've said his name wrong so many times, I'm not actually sure I just said it right. I, uh, you got it. You okay. Got it. <laughs> I said I paused like, wait, did I say a joke name? I didn't mean to that time. Um, and Kristen Dunst, who was good. They were all good. The whole cast was good. 
They were very good. Yeah. Yeah, they're very good. Um, I know when we started watching it, you you said you were afraid it was real Oscar baity. How do you feel about that now that we have watched it? Um, I appreciate it and would recommend it. Uh-huh. I'm not sure I would say I liked it. It's not a film like I feel like I'll go back to. Mm-hmm. Um, it did feel like a little, you know, some films capture the moment and are have a lot of hype in the moment and then they don't. They don't last. It doesn't last is kind of what I felt like. Hmm. That's interesting because I didn't feel like it had a lot of hype in the, like it, it has hype like culturally. I don't feel like it's saying a lot about the moment right now. Well, I don't mean that it's saying a lot okay. about the moment, but that. It's kind of of the moment. That's fair. I would of, I would agree with of that. Of the moment. Yeah. It's very popular. It's being written up. It's on all these top lists. But is it going to be... Like, it's going to have legs. Yeah. In ten years, you're going to look back and this is yeah. still on my top ten list of yeah. films. Um, it's like, uh, how green was my valley beating out Citizen Kane for best picture? Which was also a western, I think. <laughs> it feels like yeah. that. I, I is is yeah. the analogy that came to my head. I Not that I know saying. what the t- Citizen Kane of twenty twenty one is, but it it's very big right now. Yes, and I don't think. I mean, it's good. It's yeah, excellent. it's a good movie. Like, we, remember, we talk like this about movies we like. If yeah. we don't like a movie, we just move on. It's an excellent <laughs> film. I'm not like downgrading any of the talent that went no. into it. The directing was excellent. The acting was excellent. Um, but I just get the feeling that it's not going to be... It's not going to have legs. It's I think. not going to have legs. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to... It, it's actually, this is kind of appropriate for Netflix, because Netflix will put out these series that have a lot of buzz at the time, a lot of critical acclaim, Yeah, and then, like... Disappear. I think of, like, The Queen's Gambit. Yeah, that's a um, good comparison. <laughs> which I don't, was not gonna ever be a series like yeah. there multiple seasons I don't but it unless was it so... was successful and Netflix decided that it was but that's right. always that's always the trapdoor they've got like it <laughs> like yes it was meant to be the handmaiden's tale has been like six seasons long now yeah. it's way beyond yeah. the, the book um but it's not referenced again in like like I'm as the queen's gambit as an example of yeah TV like people aren't talking about the queen's gambit anymore. still comparing it to and so it's kind of past its moment mm-hmm. and like we still need to watch it we do I still would like to watch it. <laughs> but it, it since it's no longer there at the top of the, the cultural like pile Yeah. The milieu talked about. Yeah. No, I, I it, definitely get that. There, like there's something about um Netflix, especially when the series comes out all in one chunk that yes. you binge it over a weekend. Yes. It gets forgotten about very yeah. quickly. Weird tangent. That we actually watched, we binged um as a thing we binge watched season three of stranger things and i immediately forgot 90 percent of that season mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it sticks if you watch one at a time over time it does stick with you yeah more yeah on a tangent yeah this but no i film. i get i get what you're saying about that feeling of the film 
which is not, again, a comment on its quality um, so much as it is a, a comment on the resonance that I think it will have. I don't think it will resonate with audiences long term. I think it might come around and be like, oh yeah, Kristen Dunst was real good in that. Remember when she was an actor a lot of the time? Um, which is what I say every time I see Kristen Dunst, which is on me. Kirsten. Kirsten Dunst. It's okay. I do that all the time, too. We mispronounce all kinds of yes, names. Yes, we get all the names wrong. Um, yeah, weirdly, um, I think like you, the, the term Oscar bait gets bandied around a lot. And almost entirely derogatorily. Um, but this this felt like the kind of movie that gets made fun of when we talk about Oscar bait. Yes. Which is not to say in it an felt like... In way? Mm-hmm. And, and I, don't say, I don't mean that it feels like an Oscar bait film. But, like, there were so many concepts and visual moments and... Uh, the one thing that we didn't have a lot of was the most acting. We, we've talked before about the the best acting is the most acting. We didn't have a lot of that. There were a couple moments. Um, but like standing in a field staring at the scenery. <laughs> Very wide shots. Very wide shots. Secrets and lies. Like that sort of like period piece. Like all of those things that I associate with oscar bait this hat which is not again a comment on the quality of it but more just an observation that they were all in this movie i wouldn't call it an oscar bait film to me oscar bait is often like ticks all these boxes but has no soul to it yes no and i i agree this this i would not say is oscar bait but it is interesting to me that it had so many of those oscar baity things but done in a very good way that it did have soul that gave it it soul soul. that gave it a personality and gave it a sense of perspective and and humanity the scenery was gorgeous oh yeah beautiful cinematography was gorgeous (laughs) Uh uh-huh um i loved looking at this movie Nature was massive, and man was little. Yeah, in in many ways, and isolated, and mm-hmm. um, some symbolism. What symbolism? Some symbolism. There, the score was great. Um, I didn't love the score. I think it was fine. There were some points where I'm like, the score was telling me too much how to feel. Okay. Um, which. I don't usually notice the scores of films. So anytime I do notice it, I feel like it's probably doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that, that makes sense. With the aesthetic of the film. Yes. No, it matched what the film was doing. I just sometimes, like, we're going to play really fast and off-key to make you feel tense. That sort of stuff. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. It's not a, it's not, the movie has very few problems. I'm not, I don't have a lot to say about it in that sense. Um, All right, let's get some of the biggest spoilers out of the way, because I saw this on Twitter. This was not spoiled for me, but I saw people on Twitter where apparently 
talking about how confusing the ending was. People, this is not confusing. And I'm like, what? Because <laughs> I saw that, and I'm like, I wonder if it's actually confusing, or if people just don't know how to watch a movie. It's a, there's some <laughs> nuance at the end. But, like, the film is very clear about what's going on. Yes, nothing is wasted. There's very much, like... Chekhov's gun after Chekhov's gun. Yeah, Chekhov's gun. we've got a Chekhov's armory here. Like, there's very little dialogue, but those things are scattered throughout and are followed through. Yeah. So, again, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Near the end of the film, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch dies, and it's presented as sort of very sudden and unexpected. Um,. And he's very sick, and then he dies. And it's quick. Well, it was clear to me that it was going to be... Oh, yeah, no, it was very clear to me, too. <laughs> it, that it, he was poisoned. The What wasn't immediately clear was whether it was intentional or not. Yes. But it was very clear to me, the filming of, like... What the, was going on? When he's, he's soaking the ropes, and his hand is in the bucket of water, and yeah. his, the blood is flowing. And, and we've seen the rawhide be cut off the diseased dead cow. Yeah. So, like, the clues are all there. You're being told this. <laughs> the Just movie not with, not with words. dialogue. No, words. But, the filmmaker but the movie is telling tells you, you what's going this. on. And then, you get, and then you get sick. So it's probably anthrax poisoning. Yeah, and then the movie says it's anthrax poisoning, yeah, which the doctor which does say felt a little on the nose. <laughs> yeah, and then the final shot is the sort of confirmation that it was intentional. Yeah. Again, nobody said that. Nobody had to say that. This isn't an ambiguous ending in the way that something like Annihilation. Annihilation has an ambiguous ending. Spoilers. For Annihilation. Annihilation. It's ambiguous. And, and then you get all these YouTube videos that are like, the end of Annihilation explained. explained. Yeah. So it wasn't ambiguous in that. No. That it needs a YouTube There were video. still the end of the Power of the Dog explained videos. I don't know if there are videos. I saw some articles. Well, we know we need more media literacy. We definitely need some more media literacy. Because the movie very clearly tells you what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I was impressed with the ending that I did have that question of at first if it was intentional or unintentional. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, And then it like slowly dawned on me that it was that was intentional, yeah. and that's the end. And, yeah, and it and it all made sense. It all made and, sense, and it was very impactful. And I think, like, the ending was the perfect ending to this film. <laughs> and I also think it's the type of ending that um, makes people like the film. Oh, that was so good! Oh gosh, yes, yes. because the ending was. Get, get you. Oh yeah, you there's a there's it. a twist. There's it, not a twist. But you remember that, and, and yes, yes, the rest of it is excellent art making. Yes. But that, oh, I wasn't expecting that indeed, and yeah. I'm satisfied, and that's one of the reasons that. Um, Weirdly, I so I was expecting that ending. Oh, not not spe- the specifics of it, but I 
got the distinct impression throughout the entire film that one of the two of them was going to die. Yeah, I, I, also, I thought <laughs> Phil was going to kill someone. That was yeah. Funny. Like, even, like, you get, like, the the shots of him making the rope are very, like, tense and taut, and um, Kirsten Dunst's character doesn't want him going, doesn't want the sun going off with him, and, like, being alone, who knows what could happen. And when you're like, why is he suddenly taking this... Yeah, this kid, kid under his wing. After having been so hateful and... Yeah. Like, homophobic not it's it's there's nothing to suggest that peter is gay no but he does have feminine qualities yeah, and he, he's very slight he's very quiet yes which all gets read as gay but that's not <sighs> yeah the film does not comment one way or another about his sexuality yeah um it is it is ambiguous Unlike other parts of the movie. <laughs> um, which is fine. I think that's okay. I don't need that to be explained to me. Um, but, like, well, and then you you learn that, oh, his dad died by hanging, and this rope has now become this important symbolic thing. Like, that, I'm like, okay, wh Ooh, what is going to... pick up on that. Yeah, yeah, like, what's going to happen with the rope? Like, my expectation was finishing the rope was going to be the end of their journey. And it was, although, again, not in the way I expected, but I figured one of the two of them was going to die when the rope was finished. <laughs> um, because, again, the movie is not hiding these things from you. It is showing you the tools that it is using to craft a masterful story. Which is good. I like that. And you watch it again, and you're going to see all the pieces fall into place. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's going to make more sense of why they're laid out in that particular order. Yeah. I mean, from the beginning of the movie, I was like, where is this going to go? Yeah. Where is this going? I was curious to see. Yeah. Well, one of the first lines in the movie is about, like, don't go near that cow. It died of anthrax. Yeah, that's, the like, the first Chekhov's gun. Yeah. So that, that it, it's... I, I typically don't like the term twist ending, and I don't think this was a twist ending. I think this was a very straightforward ending <laughs> that that matched up everything that it had told you before to the point where even if the ending was surprising, it was the only thing that could make sense. It was the only logical outcome of these characters in this situation. Um, which I think is great storytelling. I love that. <laughs> anyway, I liked the movie. Um, I do kind of wish they'd given Kirsten Dunst more to do than be drunk and sad. Yeah, but she did very well at being... Oh, yeah! No, she was great! She's, like, very much in the character. Mm -hmm. um, I saw that she... Like, one of the acting techniques that she used was to spin around in circles before filming some of the drunk scenes. Oh, interesting. To kind of get that, like, off-balance, the way that yeah. drunks are. Yeah. Neat. It's like the opposite of method acting. Yeah. <laughs> How do I pretend to be drunk without actually having to do it? Um, which is smart. 
Um, again, one of those things that feels like it could have been a Oscar bait thing, but was not at all, was um, Phil's sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, which is is sort of revealed to us in bits and pieces. Again, not explicit in the dialogue. No. You've got to watch for the filmmaking to fill yeah. the pieces. But you watch him have this, like, one of the first times we see him alone, he's laying down in a field having this moment with a monogrammed handkerchief. It's B.H. And I'm like, hmm, where have I heard those initials yeah. before? <laughs> like, so it's the sort of thing, like, you know exactly what's going on, but nobody says anything explicitly. And it's it's... It's ambiguous in the way that queerness was so often ambiguous in that time. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think anyone was knows about it. No. No one so knows about no, it. You're not going to get anything explicit dialogue that way. Yeah. Um, well, and even, even to the point of, like, I don't know that... Phil knows. Phil would specifically, like, say, I'm a gay man or I'm yeah. homosexual. Yeah. Um he, I mean, the, the, the language wasn't there and didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a, a, I think there's a shallow reading of Phil calling out Peter as, like, trying to hide his sexuality. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's an accurate read. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the closeted hate monger. Right. The, well, um, I mean... We don't know anything about his background. No. Uh, as I say, the abused, abusing. Mm-hmm. He, he is abusive in an emotional way. Yes. Towards, like, Rose. Yes. And, um... And to his brother. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... So I didn't know if he would also be abusive to Peter in, like, a sexual mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Um... Like in a grooming mm-hmm. sort of sort of way, mm-hmm. and I don't think it went. I think it was more ambiguous. Yeah, well, and there's there's a read of it that it was not that the only man Phil ever loved was Bronco Henry, mm-hmm. and and that was it. Like it wasn't about being attracted to men it was about falling in love with this mentor figure i don't think that's incorrect or correct i think the film leaves it ambiguous but um it's it's very much this sort of fascination with a singular man um and and not knowing how to deal with his loss yeah that's good well and because there are so many ambiguous questions of why he decides to take Peter under his wing. Yeah. Is it to um, annoy and frighten Rose? Mm-hmm. Take away her son? Mm-hmm. Um, her son's devotion to her? Is it? Uh, is it a kind of like grooming? I don't know yeah. if grooming's the right word because I think Peter is a 
consenting. Yeah. Age. Well, I think not... I think it's it's more you know. So Peter discovers Phil bathing, mm-hmm. um, and Phil doesn't apparently know that he also discovered his stash of of muscular men's magazines. Mm-hmm. Well, B H on them. Yes. Bronco Henry's. Bronco Henry's magazines. Because, um, again, the film isn't subtle. <laughs> it's ambiguous, but not subtle. Um, and so, like, there's a read that, oh, he's trying to keep the kid close to find out, you know, to, to build a bond so he doesn't rat him out. He's trying to keep him close to see if there is a connection there. You know, maybe, you know, he sees in... Peter himself at yep. that age. Yep. And so he wants to be a mentor, but he also realizes, like, hey, maybe this kid needs us place to be safe. Um, unaware that Peter is also using that turn to his own ends and, mm-hmm. and being just as, or perhaps even more, manipulative than Phil is. Yeah, it's ambiguous. That part's ambiguous. Yeah! Okay. <laughs> The motivation and yeah, different ways of it's reading complex. it. And um, Peter is not just a gullible yeah. participant. Well, and we see, like, we see really cool things about Peter. Like, he is smart. Like, he's training to be a doctor, like his father. His father had medical books. He dissects the rabbit mm-hmm. um, and, and shows no qualms about any of that. Right, which is why, you know... We know what the ending was intentional because he is so smart. He would know a diseased cow. Like, yeah, don't take like it's disease <laughs> that, that's transmissible to to humans and to the other livestock. Mm-hmm. He would know, yeah, not to to mess with that. Yeah, it was intentional. That he, he knew exactly what he was doing. The diseased cow. Yeah, he had his gloves. Yeah. Like latex. I don't know if it's latex. But. The, the, the safety gloves. Yeah. Well, and we, we specifically, like, even get, I'm just reminding, remembering all these things, like the castration scene where someone asks Phil, like, oh, you're not going to use gloves? And he just goes in and, and cuts them out. And it's like, again, mm-hmm. we, got, we got a pile of Chekhov's guns over here. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, oof. Peter did a great job. He was he was a very good actor. I've not seen him in anything else that I I'm aware recognize. of. Very like so much of the film, as you said, is not subtle, but it's understated. Yes, um, the acting is understated. I mean, there's I the way that they established like immediately the relationship between the brothers, mm-hmm. with almost no dialogue. Yeah, that it was clear that Phil was kind of the dominant. He's mm-hmm. a bully. Um, He's the the ranch hands respect him. Yeah, they don't. Really well, and even respect. like you see their clothing in the first thing. Like Phil looks like he's wearing cowboy clothes, mm-hmm. and George. George looks like he's wearing a suit, a suit, a nice suit, because he's in charge and he wears a nice suit and he's got a nice hat. And you can immediately, yeah, you you tell the difference. Yeah, I, I like that. It's good. It's a good movie. I like good I'm movies. liking it more. <laughs> I still do agree with you that I think like I don't know that it'll it'll resonate long well, term. Well, I mean, obviously the big elephant in the room 
is to compare it to Brokeback Mountain because of now yes like because i was afraid it was gonna go in that direction and the yeah. reason i was afraid is because like well we've done that before done not that. that we can't do we, it we can have more than one gay cowboy movie yeah that we can have more than one but i was afraid it was gonna go uh too much in replicating mm-hmm. replicating that so i was glad it didn't it was telling a different mm-hmm. different story and it's keeping as we were just talking about the sexuality is ambiguous yeah and um oh i know what i was gonna say i feel like brokeback mountain is one of those movies that was like very hyped in the moment it's very good it's angly like mm-hmm. um it's it's shot well acting's great but it's not it doesn't still resonate yeah you don't go back and watch that mm-hmm. i've never Oops. seen brokeback mountain i should but I've never felt a need to either because it doesn't resonate. Like, I missed the yeah. moment. <laughs> like, it's not going to go in the Criterion Collection. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Of, that's that's kind of another thing that reminded me of Brokeback Mountain being of its, of its moment. Yeah. And not really having the staying power. Yeah. Um, and, again, an important movie, too. Yes, like, an important movie. And, yes, we can definitely have more cowboy movies i'm not saying that who did one we're done. now it's done the genre's over yeah <laughs> but yes i i i could see the comparisons to brokeback mountain although i haven't seen Brokeback Mountain, i can't compare it but this was in no way a love story no it's in no way derivative of, no of brokeback mountain it's it's its own thing yeah and very well made. Despite sometimes you just got to be sad and look at the landscape. Yeah. <laughs> Staring into that distance. A lot of long shots. A lot of long, like um, in time or just like long and far away? Like, it wasn't edited quickly. Yes. Between okay. different, like, camera. Yeah, long angles. takes. Long takes. A long shot is when you're far away from okay, the camera. Okay, a long It take. had a lot of long shots, too. <laughs> well, a lot of the, instead of... What is it called when you see a person talking and then yeah, see shot, a reverse shot. So there wasn't a lot of shot, reverse shot. You would see, it'd be on the one person and you'd see them listening to the other mm-hmm. person talking and then them responding again. Yeah. And then lots of like, again, distant shots. I mean, just mm-hmm. beautiful shots all over the place. Um, scenery is beautiful. Scenery is beautiful. The framing was great. Like watching... Uh, Phil like stumble in front of the car holding yeah, the rope as you the, track like, through windows. Yeah, that was a great shot. That's yeah. just good to look at. I yeah. enjoyed it. <laughs> just a lot of those shots that that stick with you very quickly. You're like, I know, I, I want to watch this. I like looking at this movie, which I don't always get to say about some of the movies we watch. Fair enough. I like it when I can like looking at a movie. Um, man, no. there's more dead rabbits in this movie than I expected <laughs> not a lot but more than I expected two two, two is it's still strange that it happened twice uh... okay do you know who played the governor this is a random thought um, 
Well, he plays the president, I think, in Madam Secretary. Maybe that's where I recognized him. I think I recognized him and it was bothering me. Cause I oh, it's Keith Carradine. Oh, who's that? He's a famous actor. Okay. Um, he's the son of John Carradine, who is also a famous actor. He is the president in Madam Secretary. Yes, he is the president in Madam Secretary. Um, the whole Carradine family is famous. You've got like David Carradine, who was in uh, Kung Fu, Robert Carradine, who was also in Kung Fu and Bonanza. Yeah, the Carradines are a, a famous family. Yeah, he was Skolnick and in, in Revenge of the Nerds. Robert Carradine was. Yes, the the Carradines are a famous family. Okay. So, yes, I I know who Keith Carradine is. Okay. That's why he was familiar to me. Like I, I, I couldn't point him out. If you gave me all the Carradines, I probably would come up with Keith pretty late in the list. But, yeah. There. That answered that. Thank you, Internet. Good. That's why I pull up the Wikipedia page. Uh... This is on a totally, mm-hmm. totally different note from Do the it. art making of the film. But I now understand, so when they were doing the press, not junket, but like tour of yeah. late night shows yeah. to promote this movie, every late night show interview I saw with Benedict Cumberbatch was a story about how he didn't shower for a week <laughs> in this, in, in like the first couple weeks of filming yeah. for the role. And I was like, that's so oh, weird. Okay. Going, is this like some kind of method brag? Or yeah. Whatever. What, at least you showered, like, Eventually. after that. You didn't go full method on it. Yeah. But I much better understand that anecdote after seeing, after the, seeing film. the movie. And one of the, you know, the points about the character is he doesn't wash up yeah. a lot. He's stinky. Been around the... He's been out ranching. Yeah. Well, even, weirdly, one of the things I noticed, um, I didn't, I don't think I read it down, but I, I noticed it pretty early on in the movie and so it was funny that it became a plot point when it did um was i was watching these ranch hands and these cattle hands and they were moving stuff around and i was just thinking man i bet they all smell real bad (laughs) (laughs) i've been around horses and cattle and they all smell bad and you smell bad if you hang around them a lot and then it was funny when that became a plot point (laughs) so yep well, it's there from the bit, very beginning. I probably noticed it at the very beginning because I had that story in my head. Yeah, that's true. Um, just when you first meet the brothers and George is in the bath and Phil is in the bedroom. And yeah, that's true. Something like, do, do you ever even use the bath? Yeah, yeah. That's true. It is there right in the beginning. I, I that didn't click with me at the time, but well, that's because you didn't watch fifty million interviews. I did with ben not watch fifty million interviews he, with saying him he didn't shower. He was a uh, toxic hazard, as he put it. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that that all of the acting was relatively understated. <laughs> uh, I was trying to see if they got acting nominations. Yeah, I didn't pull up to see what uh, what exact nominations. Uh, I don't even know what's nominated this year for the Oscars. Yeah, I saw the Oscar noms and then immediately forgot about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, 94th Academy Awards. 
If you're learning about the Academy Awards from us, um, that's weird. Let's see. So Best Director, Best Picture. It's nominated for both of those. Cumberbatch is Best Actor nom. Uh, Kirsten Dunst got Best Supporting. Jesse Plemons got Best Supporting noms. And they got a Best Adapted Screenplay now. Uh, screenplay. Not that. Not for. Uh, didn't get a nod for Best Animated for some reason. Oh, weird. Yeah. That's interesting because I don't think of Benedict Cumberbatch's character as the lead. I understand an Oscar parlance. Like happened, why you would pick that. But they were all kind. It of was an supporting. ensemble piece. Yeah. 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 It was an ensemble piece. I mean, it's entirely possible. I know, I don't know exactly how the rules work, but I know sometimes you can only submit, like, in certain categories. Um, for I know with Emmys, that's true. And so sometimes they will split or swap uh, lead and supporting. Like, on TV shows, mm-hmm. they will submit, in an ensemble show, they'll submit, like, two guys for lead and two for supporting, so they have a, both have a chance of getting nominated. Mm-hmm. And then swap on alternating years. Mm-hmm. So I could easily believe they picked Cumberbatch for lead and Plemons for supporting because of that. Um, it's interesting that Kirsten Dunst is also supporting. Yeah, that's why I thought. Yeah. She's in less of the last, last like, third of the film when it really Yeah, well, and so is Jesse Plemons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess. Up against that's a good it's a good list of uh, list of actors this year. Javier Bardem being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch, Andrew Garfield and Tick Tick Boom, Will Smith for King Richard, and Denzel Washington for the tragedy of Macbeth. I've seen two of those. We never watch all the Oscar films. Some people Make sure that they see everyone. We see them, them. We'll sometimes see them, like, eventually. Like when uh, Spotlight won, we watched it, like, six months later. Well, I tend not to like a lot of the Best Picture noms. That's in absolutely like, it's not true. My, like, I appreciate the filmmaking, but it's not the type of film that I gravitate towards. Yeah. Sometimes they're just bad. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes they're just bad. Yeah. Most of the time. They're fine. Yeah, they're good movies, usually. Although apparently Don't Look Up's pretty bad. <laughs> and it got nominated for Best Picture. Probably because it has Adam McKay yeah. behind it. Yeah. Well, like Jennifer Lawrence and Leo yeah. DiCaprio. Well, and as we know, awards and nominations are bought. Yes. Which kind of put a lot less stock in the Oscars because yeah. they're, they're so political. Yeah. If you go, hey, here's some good films, I'll go, yeah, that's fine. Best film of the year, best nomination. Uh, yeah, it's all about the four-year consideration campaigns and the gift baskets and the. It's all bought. I, I'm still blown away by the fact there's like 86 people in the Hollywood Foreign and Press Association, the Golden Globes group. Yes. And like we know who they are, so like if you want to get your movie nominated, go talk to those 86 people. All right, I think we've talked enough about this movie. Do you want to talk about our pod 
Patreon? This is our podcast. This is our podcast. This is our podcast. You're talking about the Patreon that we support the podcast oh, with? Oh, the Patreon. You can find us on patreon.com slash five degrees. And you can be a subs- not a subscriber, a patron. A, a patroni. Patron. A patroni. <laughs> And if you do, it's on a per episode basis, and you can put a cap on that. So if we release too many episodes in one month, like you're sitting on like 18 right now. I've got, I think, three in the can now, including this one. (laughs) If we release too many, you can put a cap so you don't have to give for all of them. There's two perks for being a Patroni. Um, One is you get a list of movies we didn't watch. Kevin usually gives me a list and I choose one and it helps both of our anxieties about um, <laughs> how to choose movies. How to choose movies. And you can also get the super duper duper unedited version where you get to hear us before and after talking to our cat. Yeah. Um, sometimes we talk to each other too. Mm-hmm. And we thank you yeah. for listening. It will always be free but uh, supporting us helps pay for the server costs and uh, being able to to see some movies and whatnot. Did I get everything? I think you got everything. Okay, good. Uh, uh, Rate us on your favorite podcatcher. Give us five stars if we're a five-star podcast. Yeah, that's it? I think that's it. All right, say goodnight, Amy. Goodnight, Amy.